Welcome to Starter Set. My name is Ed Sylvester and this is... The show that takes you deeper into the pages of Dungeons and & Dragons and I'm Sam Bradley. You stole my part again. You stole my part again. I just like the line. I just like the line. Shall I tell everyone about social media? Yeah, you do that as well. I'm going to... You, you do the whole show by yourself. I'll see you later. So, what are Dungeons & Dragons? No, um, okay. So, <laughs> you can get us on Instagram at Starter Set Podcast. We are Starter Set Show on Twitter and Facebook. And um, we do have a little bit of housekeeping to do at the top of the show. We have a five-star iTunes review. Whoop, whoop. Um, as we say, if you read, if you uh, give us a five-star review, we'll read it out on the show. This one comes in from... Number one, Curtis. You're our number one, Curtis. Curtis, you're my number one. He says, if you like Dungeons and Dragons, then you'll like the show. I recommend taking a listen. Aww. Which you already are, technically, whoever's listening to this show. <laughs> so congratulations. You've followed Curtis's advice. And boy, is he number one. There you go. Thank you, Curtis. And yeah, if you want to leave us a uh, five-star review on any platform that uh, you listen on, uh, we'll read it out. Uh, provided that the content is obviously eligible to be read out obviously yeah. and even those that are a little bit out there <laughs> i mean we'll, we'll see on a case-by-case basis <laughs> ladies and gentlemen uh we're taking a step away from unearthed arcana from looking at those uh sub races undoubtedly we will return to those wonderful wonderful documents released by the wizards of the coast team because there's a whole mess of content in there that we still need to analyze and regurgitate and make ridiculous commentary on because that's what this show is but for now we thought we would like to take well basically recently we were looking at just the sheer amount of races that have been released for fifth editions dungeons fifth fifth edition dungeons and dragons right Mm -hmm. and we were sort of going how how are you theoretically meant to fit this into your world into your campaign right you're going to want to sit there when you make your your homebrew world and have a reasoning for each race existing Mm -hmm. and not only existing thriving enough to have a culture of some sort of thing and an impact upon the world and a history with the world which you know implies um ups and downs trials and tribulations full um governments based on systems their own currency for each race now i've listed i've listed them out right sam Mm -hmm. the amount that are there you ready for this go on this is like um when you used to watch pokemon and it used to do the poker rap do you remember that yes i'm gonna try and do it like that you ready oh my god yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) okay so number one humans half elf half orcs gnomes deep rock Forest, Halflings, Tieflings, Aesimir, Tabaxi, Kenku, Furbogs, Dragonborg, Tritons, Lizardfolk, Tortles, Warforged, Shifters, Kalistar, Orcs, Goblins, Kobold, Yuanti, Minotaurs, Centaurs, Dwarves, Mountain Hill, Durigar, Elves, Eridan, Drow, Heist, Wood, Sea, Shadow, done. 
That was pretty good, actually. I've got to say, I thought that when that was pitched to me just now on the show, I thought this is going to be a time sink. Actually, I quite enjoyed it. If you would like to remix that and just send it in or put it on your <laughs> social media, I, I'll, I'll give you the licensing for the show right now. Get that done. I won't. That's a Ed Sylvester original. <laughs> if you take that, I will find you and my copyright uh, lawyers will, will come after you. I'll also hire copyright lawyers. Oh, that's the spirit of the um, show, isn't it? Bloody hell. Yeah, it is. So overall, right, all of those races that I've just said there, we're talking about uh, one, two, one. I think it's close to 30 races that Wizards of the Coast have published. And you're sitting there and you want to give your players, right, so full access to everything a lot of the time because, let's be honest, with D&D, it tends to work better the more stuff you throw at it. The more that you say yes, the wackier it gets, the more out there it gets. And I find that, well, people can explore what they want to explore as players. It also, right. as a DM, gives you a simply a bigger colour palette to draw a world from. It gives you, the more you throw at it, the more that you say yes to, the more you have to craft something that feels rich and immersive and has texture and detail and undertones and subtext the one thing that you've got to approach when you're world building especially with D&D and the implication as we've discussed before is that this is your world is always going to be a world where there has been a race that have risen up at one point and, and was the zenith of culture and whatever and then has has collapsed right a civilization has collapsed mm -hmm. that's the reason why you've got ruins that's the reason why you've got these abandoned dungeons because something thousands of years ago made these magical items and and were more technologically advanced than your world is now right yeah does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like when it's like when the Romans came to England, okay? They bought roads, they bought underfloor heating, and everything was really good. Then they went away again, and for some bizarre reason, I'm not entirely sure why this happened. A history history buff can tell me, please do. Um, we go back to the Middle Ages, right? Which is it seems to me a lot less technologically advanced. You don't have those underfloor heatings and mosaics and all that kind of thing. It's a very different vibe. Hmm. So, you kind of experience that with Dungeons and Dragons, right? So, you've got to still have those points where all these things who are going to go and get these magical items because they're better than the current technologies around have to have a point of origin still within that uh, lost civilization. Yeah. Now, what I wanted to do with this show a little bit, Sam, is if you remember how when we made the Making a Metropolis series... Yes and I basically threw questions at you to flesh out the city and how that worked. Mm -hmm. I'd like to do a similar element. Oh yeah, maybe um, off the hoof. But Exactly, but with these races, okay? Okay. And what I'd like to try and do is freestyle very quickly, go through each one of them, and you kind of give me a cultural point, uh, a cultural point of reference, um, where they kind of sit within the world, and what they kind of do or have done to be there how do you feel about that i you know i like you know knee-jerk reaction over actual research ed if they don't know this by now i mean what are you even doing here hit me let's well, do it i'm hoping mm -hmm. that this might inspire some some strange strange people out there that listen to this show 
um, to, you know, go, actually, that one, that little nugget that Sam said there is actually quite good. I'm going to steal that isn't because that, feel free, guys. Isn't that great, though, when you have that? I listen to a lot of Dark Histories podcasts. Shout out Dark Histories podcast, by the way. And you hear little nuggets. And as a DM, you go, I'm having that. It could be a name. It could be an idea. You go, yeah, I'm going to put that. I'm putting that in the back back pocket for later. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so... I will start with a slightly... The other thing is as well, I know I'm going to... I've said I will start, but a little element here. Liar. You've also got humans within this whole mix, right? Mm-hmm. And if you think about the human race in our world and how varied that is in the first place, and then you're going to go and get another node of stuff and chuck that all in that mixing pot. It's... it's uh, You've got so many cultures to fit into a world, so that's why we're doing this. Okay. Number one, Sam. Let's go with elves. They're the, they're the real OG, tend to be. Mm-hmm. So go. Okay, elves. Um, well, I know in my campaign, elves are just as a whole generally a little bit shady. They are business owners, but they are also people who have a big picture look at the world that they're in. Because they live so long, they often make very good shadowy governments, they make very good secret societies, they make very good, how do you put this, people who pull the strings of other people. Because they can see the big picture and they say, yeah, well, he might die doing that. But if he does that, well, then that will happen. And I'll see this through him because I live 500 years or whatever. Nice. And is that widespread singular city or do they have a continual sort of full empire across everything? I like to imagine that they have a bit of a lineage. Maybe it's a family or maybe it's a maybe it's a collective I think, mm-hmm. um, again, and, I, and I, I, I draw back to that, this isn't any kind of coded message about anything in the real world. I just think you look at the element that makes elves kind of unique, and it's how long they live compared to a lot of other stuff, and this sure. is how that manifests, to me at least. Cool. Okay, wicked. Um, so then let's go to the usual polar opposite, orcs. Well, orcs, oh man best to go in with orcs and not draw the ire of the internet again orcs have because of what they are and what it is they represent in terms of base stats as a race to pick as a character or just as an npc you know you've got to have a little bit of background on your npcs to kind of inform decisions that they make they kind of get tarred with one brush they're big they're strong they're not really that smart so let's get clever let's assume there are other ways to play this and other ways to code real world narratives into your story i think orcs are builders and not just builders in like the physical moving of rock and laborers i think they are creators they are artisans they are dwarves that enjoy a fight more than dwarves if you know what i mean they are strategic warriors as well i think you mentioned the roman empire i think i can't think of a better build for a centurion one of these highly or a praetoria maybe a highly mm-hmm. skilled warrior than an orc something that crafts the weapons they take into battle and knows exactly how to use them nice i like that the link that you've got there with the dwarves is that something that you would want to want to play out and you kind of have these um these races living in conjunction with each other rather than the usual sort of uh warring factions that they tend to get represented as i think any kind of long-lasting world that you play a game in has to have some measure of cohesion at some level 
it can't just be oh well we're in the orcs district or we're in the dwarfs district or we're in the elves district yeah fuck it throw it at the wall i think dwarves and orcs make friends makes cool. sense they like right. crafting they're hardy they they enjoy seeing the fruits of their labor and working hard for that yeah why wouldn't they be buddies nice excellent uh okay so then let's 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 carry on with the world and opposites um i'm gonna throw two at you now Ooh. tieflings and asamir usually played as two halves of the same coin which i think yep. is why you've thrown them at me at the same time it depends on your world's attitude to inherent magic inherent magic because these aren't like elves oh they live a long time that's biological a tiefling is there because something magical happened same as an asamir i think that it's a really and it's something that i've played in my homebrew campaign put magic as a thing at the center of your story and you can draw massive amounts of real world coded fun into your DD campaign in my homebrew campaign they've just had a referendum on the use of magic or not and mm -hmm. what that means for creatures who are inherently magic do that that's fun that gives you a good jumping off point Okay, so are we talking they are a commonplace or more of a rarity? I think they're a rarity, but they're becoming more common as okay. attitudes become more liberal, as happens in society. Sure. So where have they been since? Ooh, I think that... So, oh, it's really reductionary to say a wizard did it. <laughs> I think that maybe someone was mining one day and found a magic ore and they hit it with a pickaxe and it opened the door to another realm and two things collided on the cosmic plane and suddenly they're here sure maybe. Right, hey man that's fine <laughs> this it, is super you can make it as, as much as you want um all right so i like that we've got we've got elves orcs tieflings asamid and dwarves mm -hmm. um humans because you've got to have a human they're pretty much everywhere uh, and they are still the most played race within dungeons and dragons that astounds me but it doesn't it doesn't shock me either well no if you think about it how easy to relate to your character yeah, exactly. if you are set up as a human okay human especially if you're trying to experience something yourself so we want something that isn't humans as the everyman then i guess humans i mean you could you can Whatever. Feel free to just take what that is and how that works and operates. I think humans, if you're ever looking to build a downtrodden rebellion force, humans are where you start. Humans get yeah. pissed off at everything. Look at us. Look at us now. <laughs> it's just, oh, have you seen the weather? Have you seen the... Oh, mate, just lighten up. Yeah, if you want a buzzkill, make him a human. Done. Next. Nice. All right, wicked. Um... Humans, I think, go hand in hand with these guys because obviously something's going to make them. So, uh, Warforged. Oh, now, Warforged, again, easy to buttonhole as I want something that can soak up damage and deal damage. I think Warforged. Mm. I mean, the clue's in the name with these guys, yeah. right? So, and this is the thing, <coughs> this is part of the things that, that kind of brings it all around is you look at Eberron, and Eberron has its own history, and Love then you look Eberron. at the Forgotten Realms. Yeah. I know, and then you look at the Forgotten Realms, and that's got its own history. But as players, um, you kind of sit there and go, oh, I, I, hey man, I want to play a, I want to play a Warforged, and then somebody else goes, I want to play a Furbolg, and then you as a DM have to kind of shoehorn 
these two races, which are kind of a little bit opposite of each other. One's a very peaceful vibe, and then the other one's obviously literally built for war. Mm. But Where are you fitting them in? Go against the grain. I think just because they're robots doesn't mean they're warring robots. Make them part of that ye olde culture. Make them remnants. Make them things that, oh shit, it's one of those. God, you don't see those much anymore. I'm playing uh, from the lost civilization. Yeah, I'm playing in one campaign um, that obviously got shut down recently. Um, I'm playing a Warforged bard. What? That's fun. He was a drummer in a band and never saw action. That makes sense. Um, yeah. He's a bit of an oddity. You don't see many of them, and I think if it's going to be rare or difficult to slot them into your world, lean into that. Yeah, he's he's rare. He is rare, and he is unusual. And let's find out why. Cool, nice one. Um, let's go to one of the one of the people's favourites, um, the turtle. Now we haven't done an episode on turtles. No, we haven't. I think turtles are. I think Tortles are great comic relief for shop owners. I think they wandered out and they just maybe they own the land originally that this city is or this world or this metropolis is on. And they're kind of just there. Play those as the everyman because I think you get a better story dynamic when you do want to lean into the backstory of one of them because they just have a sure. bit more of a broader range than humans, I think. Is that kind of kind of that sort of Native American vibe, but less maybe uh, yeah, with less scrappy, more just yeah. yeah hey man, you can move in and we'll we'll work around you. Yeah, less, but less, we were here first. Yeah, less genocide, more slapstick. I would say with that, if you want to play it that way. Sure. I mean, I think that's always most people's choice. We're mm. given those two options. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to let's go to a couple of the the evil side of things or typically evil side of things but tend to be a lot of fun to play for both of these characters mm -hmm. or races I should say um, the little guys goblins and kobolds I mean you've got to say that these make great NPC stormtrooper baddies to cut through so let's not do that why don't we have them team up like the league of, you know Wreck-It Ralph when he goes into that therapy session and all the villains are there yeah. Why don't we have something like that? What if there's a charity? Sure. What if, you know, fish our friends, not our food. Goblins are good, <laughs> not all bad or whatever. Yeah. Kobolds. I like that. They're dog people, but they're loyal as hell. Uh, maybe. I don't Something like that. You know, you want to... So are they going... Are you going to stick with the underground, uh, that's where they live kind of vibe? Or are they... Are you, we, we, do we swap them out for that gnomish vibe? Or do we put all three of those... Um, of the shorter races all in a big melting pot together and kind of go like yeah no all of these guys get along for whatever reason because they're all ingenious in their own little ways sorry I've started talking but no I no 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 I think that's really good I think I was just if, if I had anything to add to that if you're going to have a hippie swamp area I have one of those in my campaign um Fill it with kobolds, goblins, gnomes. They're chill. They enjoy tinkering. Some of them are hardier than others. They got a band together. They're all around the same size. Sorry. Um, it makes sense if you're if you're gonna have a district. So if you're gonna make a sort of Chinatown or Italian quarter, mm -hmm. throw everyone of a certain build into that. Because then you get to play with fun architecture. All the doors are really small. Oh, yeah, All that's the shops true. are selling weird stuff. No one speaks your language because they've got this coded 
gnome, kobold, goblin, hybrid, slang, Cajun thing going on. Do that. You get, you know, you can hide stuff in there. You can put weird delicacies in there. It would be a great place to go between adventures. If you've got your campaign, your heroes want to hang out because they've blown up the floating city and they haven't, mm-hmm. you know, done the other stuff, just send them there. Send them to Goblin Country. It's the chill out chill out time right yeah hey do you want to go buy some weird stuff uh can you go rescue my cat for me exposition character buildsville (laughs) yeah exactly someone's stolen my oysters where are your oysters i bet it's old oyster stealing jimmy and they say why do we call him oyster stealing jimmy because he never steals people's oysters he never steals oysters it's a misnomer (laughs) and it's a horrid racial trait that's been blown out (laughs) of uh, proportion okay um I think let's do let's do two more of this exercise because okay. uh, it's, it's it's showing some nice results. Dragonborn. Oh, dude! If you want to build a, I have to be really careful what I say here because it links directly into a campaign that I'm DMing that you're playing. If you want to build something that isn't what it appears. Trade out whatever race you were gonna use for Dragonborn. Why and and why'd you say that, Sam? Not that I have an inter- interest investment. In I this. I couldn't couldn't say any more if I wanted to. If you want to build, God damn it, Ed. <clears throat> How best to say <laughs> this? Yeah. Okay. So if you want, if you want to throw a spanner in the works of something that is a relatively simple storytelling device or framing narrative do whatever you were going to do but do it with Dragonborn and fucking work it out on the way in now is this because I look at Dragonborn right and you and you have to draw that similarity from themselves to dragons in terms of that charisma the inherent danger Mm -hmm. there is always the potential for them to you know They've maybe drunk too much Coca-Cola and burp, and then suddenly you're missing your eyebrows. They're very fighty-fighty. They slip into that orc. I'm not going to touch on this too much more, but they slip into that thing where, if you're not careful, you can end up coding pretty ugly parts of real life into your game by choosing certain races. There's cleverer ways to play your game. But that said, there's nothing to say you can't invert that and still have it be valuable to the overall game so would you the thing with dragonborn right which is which is sort of said and given in front of you would you throw away that whole um chromatic equals bad or, or a hindrance towards bad yeah, whereas yeah. the metallics are good yeah, yeah you're just yeah, gonna kick that been out around for, it. they've been around for i don't know five thousand years i think as a culture they probably got over that so let's do that too because it makes them inherently more interesting why are we why are we fighting because ultimately our but don't yeah don't hang your campaign on that it's just you can throw that away you can explore it if yeah, you yeah. want but by not hanging a story on it it allows you to do more around it mm-hmm. and engage okay. it at, you engage it at your own leisure you see what i mean nice um and then one for the furries <laughs> tabaxi i like i'm gonna i'm gonna i like tabaxi craftsmen and women i think if i'm in a world of gnomes goblins elves and someone says hey there's a i want to build a a space age cowboy or i want a really good tailor 
or I want an alchemist making a tabaxi because they're so inherently cryptic because of all the thieves count stuff. They, they're obviously often played as rogues. Wind that into something else. You know how like Gus, the dude in Breaking Bad, was like, mm. he was this high level drugs lord, badass, put all this stuff together, created this criminal network, but he was also very well spoken. There was a lot behind the eyes. There was a lot going on there because he was an inherently intriguing person first before he decided to do this. Yeah. Do that. I had, uh, in my campaign, I had an artificer, like a space cowboy artificer who was uh, a tabaxi with a metal fucking hand. And it was a riot. And I really enjoyed playing that character. And I think, it, I don't know, tabaxis just give characters a lot of depth. Maybe that's reductionary. I don't know. What do you think? Common, uncommon. How do you feel about that? From a from a sense of how how many are there running around? One in twenty. <laughs> okay, so relatively, that's fine. It's quite it's it's a reasonable way to do it. If I'm going to be completely honest, actually, mm. when you when you when you start out and you list out the races that you want to have in your campaign, doing it that way, I would personally I do it as a percentage because it's one in a hundred or that's whatever good, it is because yeah. that allows you to do it. But that gives you a point of. Um, I guess mysticism with each thing. Yeah, it's like the you Warforge I mean? thing that I said. It's it's yeah, it's exactly. Shit, that's rare, or that's yeah. kind of rare. It gives you levels so, to this. You go to a Warforge and it's like one in a thousand, whereas yeah. if a Tabaxi is one in twenty, and you go up as a Tabaxi and have a conversation, the reaction you're going to get is very different from yeah. approaching it with a Warforge. I I thoroughly suggest doing that whenever you start your campaign or you're doing your world building, figuring out how rare a race is, a player race is, will significantly adjust the way that people talk to them. Very much agree. Then you can then add in the um, perceptions and the preconceived perceptions of each race and how that all operates with each other. And it also, yeah, exactly, it also gives gravitas to scenes where, oh shit, two very rare things have met because you have to remember that you the player may be playing one of these and if you mm-hmm. yourself are one in a thousand the way you interact with the world if your DM's on his, uh, on his or her game will inherently change and create problems and solutions for your party and your character just as a bye bye yeah your players will also hold on to those connections a lot more yes exactly if you're a, if you are a warforged and you're one in a thousand, and then you meet another warforged who may be a bit of a dick, right? Mm-hmm. Who usually you'd go, screw it. This guy is uh, confrontational. He's not giving me any discounts. Um, I'm not going to engage. You know, see you later. Yeah. Never going to see that NPC again. But if you are a warforged and you know it's one in a thousand, and you're one of these as well, you'll come back to that person, even if they are dicky. You'll want to go. Why are you being dicky? Because I am trying to form bonds with this world. Yeah. I'll spend more time on you. You know what I mean? I will try. I will try to fix you. Yeah. That was that was so good that I know the copywriters are going to shoot us down now. <laughs> and also, if you flip that round, if you get one of those rare things that is exceedingly engaging you will continue to visit you know uh, Pumat Sol from Critical Role 
Sure. It is absolutely my pleasure. I love that guy. And I think about yeah. him daily. And he's, you know, it just works. And you've got to remember as well, if you're... Um, if you're uh, playing a one in a thousand race and there is another one in a thousand race in your city and that guy's a dick, he will have informed the decisions and opinions of others around him and thusly that will affect you yes. as well. Yeah, wonderful. All right, I like that. I think that's that's a nice little roundup. It's something that we just want to take a little deep dive in because um, I know myself and Sam, we've started doing a little bit more work on our own personal homebrews. Um, and as such we've got uh, the our upcoming series and this is kind of a breather before we go into it we've actually designed a few new races that we'd like to explore uh, share with you guys and maybe even uh, release as playable pdfs or something along those lines but we'll have a look into those next week where i think we've got a name haven't we sam homebrew heroes homebrew heroes love it all right we'll all see right, that guys. next week as always, we very much have been starter set. You very much have been our listeners. Uh, roll well. Goodbye. Goodbye. No jokes. I had fun with this one. No jokes at the end. Other than great mandibles. All right, that's the last time. Bye, everybody. Thanks.